fall If that's true And you do it all so natural You're so strong And you show it anything If you want it, it's yours It's yours You can have it all, yeah Up early this morning And I know that's my morning uh, Ain't no time to sleep, no To start my day because I know it's gonna be beautiful like me. Hey, you, you're so beautiful. You're the truth, and you do it all so natural. You're so strong, and you show it in it. of Style and Empowerment Shop, Lauren Friends. I am your host, Laura Masrek, here in the flesh and our first show of 2024. Can we believe it? Oh my God, this past year, I don't know. It went by slow and fast at the same time. Uh, so, um, of course, lots of great things that we uh, have to uh, look back on and celebrate uh, this past year. We had so many amazing guests on the show. Uh, Ronnie Moss from The Spinners. We had uh, Taylor Dane. Uh, we had a great time at New York Fashion Week. Um, one of my highlights was 
was at the going to the Brooklyn Museum of Art um, and seeing the Helmut Lang exhibit, which was absolutely fabulous. You know, don't sleep on the Brooklyn Museum of Art. Not only do they have a lot of amazing art there ongoing, but they they really have committed to fashion. Um, they have a, really a lot of great rotating fashion exhibits, things that, you know, you won't see anywhere else. Uh, so uh, uh, that was a great time. Of course, I had a, a wonderful time in uh, Clearwater, Florida, uh, and, you know, had some some R&R time. I uh, uh, needed that. And uh, got to attend and cover just so many great events this year and continue to grow the show and the brand. Uh, so, you know, new year, uh, new page, new chapter, uh, great time to refresh. I know people always talk a lot at the beginning of the year about um, New Year's um you know, uh, I'm sorry, I have a headache. Uh, resolutions, not reservations. We're not going to a restaurant. Well, unless that's something you like to do. Nothing wrong with going to a good new restaurant, check something out. But, uh, you know, jokes aside, uh, a lot of times at the beginning of the year, everybody gets all heavy about, uh, you know, committing to new things and the resolutions. And then at the end of the year, if they didn't reach it, then they think I get real hard on themselves and, you know, beat themselves up for not reaching all the goals and everything. I mean, I think goals and structure and direction definitely important in life you know that's been a key to my success and I think it's also key to mental health but at the same point you know we don't want to beat ourselves up we need to give ourselves space and grace and realize sometimes we just accomplish things at a different timeline sometimes life gets in the way you know illness fatigue other things emotionally you're going through <clears throat> so if we're not getting everything done it's okay just so long as it's forward growth and momentum um happening more so than uh resolutions you know some of the things i like to do at the beginning of the year is just look back and reflect and take inventory and stock of my year, uh, good and bad, um, things that made me happy, get the things that were bringing me stress, see if the, the, some of those factors I'm able to remove, <coughs> remove, and if I can't remove the causes of my stress, you know, look at how I'm dealing with the stress. Is there a more productive way that I can be, you know, processing and dealing with the stress? Uh, take inventory of the things that made you happy, um, that were bringing you joy, and finding ways in the new year of how you can continue that. Um, <clears throat> the relationships in your life that were know not as healthy as you you need um looking okay well is it time to get out of those relationships just looking at the people around you in your life are they bringing to your life are they enhancing your life are they training you are they stressing you 
they hurting you in, in some kind of way, mental, emotional, or physical? You know, if the answer to any of those questions is yes, you know, uh, and now's the time to try and <laughs> cleanse and sweep out any bad or destructive energy. You know, let's take a, a look at all of our habits. Um, you know, sometimes that's hard to do. Honestly, accountability, I feel, is a big, big um, factor in life and emotional health and also how you treat others and the energy you get back. Um, so, you know, I think the beginning of the year is a good time to uh, take stock and say, hey, am I being the best uh, to the people in my life, treating everybody right? Do I have good people in my life? Are the people around me worth having in my life? Uh, you know, what are my habits looking like? Um, <clears throat> from everything from your sleeping habits to eating habits, spending, you know, romantic habits, relationship choices, all those things, and just kind of looking at everything and saying, hey, am I making most healthy choices that are going to be the best for me and also enable me to be best uh, to other people and hopefully attract best caliber of people to myself? Now, or maybe do I have some things that maybe I need to work on, like maybe my sleep habits or you know, maybe my cleanliness or, you know, maybe how I process emotions, um, you know, kind of get the broom and try and sweep out any toxicity uh, that's around you, you know, and am I being what I say to, I am to other people, you know, am I following through on commitments and promises to others, am I being the person I say I am, um, you know, I think the new year is a uh, a good time to kind of just take inventory across the board um and you know although you do all those things that's gonna naturally evolve into goals and uh things you want to do but uh you know i always say so long as we're moving forward every day and uh you know we're putting some step towards accomplishing good things and being good to ourselves and uh doing good things for others and you know th that's a win not every day is a, a big accomplishment some days just getting up uh, depending on where you're at health wise or uh, you know emotional state wise just getting up and washing and getting out the door is your win is your victory you know other days it's hey i signed a contract i i just got a new apartment you know not every day is a super bowl you know right but uh just making sure we're in good habits and we're being good to ourselves and and good to each other i think is the most important thing so you know i hope uh, that this new year brings everyone good health and prosperity and closer to the life that other you know your you your goals and things that you want to achieve but you stand still in the fact that even with hardships and challenges 
every day is a blessing and a lesson and you know it's teaching you something in one way or another uh, so we're going to take our first music break when we come back we're going to do a little bit of 2023 recaps and then we got some inspirational content for you later in the show some entertainment news a little bit of everything so keep it locked in and we'll be right back in the new year
first show of 2024 I believe it's 2024 already um I want to take a second and 
Say happy new year to all my listeners at FM World Pakistan, the voice who've been sending me uh, so much lovely fan mail and well wishes for the new year and all my listeners at all of our stations uh you know thank you so much for your continued support of our show and sharing and you know our our nice family that we've built over these eight years so and now let's talk about <clears throat> some of the top grossing movies of 2023. You know, it, it was interesting uh, to see uh, what ones were considered to top. Well, the number one movie of 2023, which still is, you know, generating revenue right now, is the Barbie movie, uh, which broke all kinds of records. It generated in its domestic opening weekend $162 million, uh, which is just staggering. Um, And now, nearly five months after its initial release, Barbie has yet to leave the theaters entirely. Um, uh, Week to week, uh, it's still racking up you know, heavy sales since its July 21st uh, debut. Uh, Warner Brothers uh, and the whole exhibition community of Barbie, you know, this, if you want to talk about a movie that really is like brand synergy. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, y'all. I'm still fighting this cold that just doesn't want to go away, but but we're here and uh, we're doing it. We're not we're not giving in. But um, of course, the Barbie movie was really uh, an example of marketing synergy because it took a, a brand a product that was already successful and uh, really part of history and culture. Here in the United States, definitely. But, you know, Barbie influences um, her culture all over the world, you know. Um, and, of course, there's so many products around Barbie. And little girls and, and women, you know, are, are into their Barbies. And, and then, of course, you have conventions and collectors. And so this movie being so, so, so successful... Not only, you know, okay, you're looking at it in a one-dimensional way. The huge box office success helps the studios, the directors, the actors, <coughs> who help to give the green light to similar films. But then, of course, to everyone who is associated with Barbie the product, Barbie the brand, you know, if you're a collector, it's going to raise raise uh, the value of the things that you're collecting really becomes like an investment like now women will buy luxury purses for example not just because hey they like it or the status but because it's investments it's things you can pass generation and generation if you take care of these you know designer bags um they you know mature in value that's something you can pass to your to your daughter and it's worth thousands and thousands of dollars so same thing um with these collector items 
And, you know, what also was important about the Barbie movie, whether you liked it or not, because some people wanted a more one-dimensional cartoon version, but other people really liked the fact that the Barbie movie was talking about a lot of male-female dynamics, was really depicting and exposing sexism and empowerment, and really kind of going into depth of what it means to be a shallow person versus, you know, um, having more depth and wanting more for yourself than just what's on the surface. So, of course, when movies like that become very successful, and it also gives, uh, you know, other artists and directors and writers who want to create more empowering subjects, um, you know, movies and, and subjects that kind of shake the tree, right? And, and, you know, it gives them more of a chance because, uh, you know, of this big box office success. So um, then, of course, the number two movie was Super Mario Brothers, uh, which has grossed $574 million domestically. Uh, then Spider-Man Across the Spidey Universe. Now, I checked out a Spider-Man about five franchises ago. Cause it's just they've made too many, in my opinion. It's like they've had too many Supermans, too many Batmans, too many Spider-Mans. Pick a new Spider-Man and then they make three or four movies with that guy. And they pick another Spider-Man and make four or five movies with that guy. And I'm just like, look, how many incarnations, how many, how many sequels? It's like Fast and the Furious Part 520 seconds. You know, it's like how, how many movies can we watch with the same people blowing up cars, racing cars? You know, after a certain point, it kind of gets a little redundant. But, um, you know, the Spider-Man franchise uh, has been very successful. Then we have uh, number four was Guardians of the Galaxy. That was another Marvel Studio Walt Disney production, generated $358 million. The interesting thing is uh, about 80% of the top grossing films in 2023 were superhero and kind of cartoon fantasy-based movies, which, you know, it's interesting sometimes when a lot of heavy stuff is going on in the world, and I think to a certain degree, 2023 was a very heavy year for a lot of people. Um, you know, the interesting thing is that so far as movies and entertainment, people gravitate towards more light things, not to say that, um, you know, more serious movies and content isn't successful, but, you know, when people are going through it, they, they tend to want to, um, to indulge in what I call like escapism, things that just kind of make them feel good and fun and forget about that stress for a couple hours, right? <clears throat> so now another number five uh, top grossing film of 2023 was Oppenheimer, uh, which uh, was the second half of the summer's biggest double act. So Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer was... Uh, really the perfect contrast to the Barbie movie and some of the other cartoon movies that came out. Um, 
And it's, it was the fourth largest box office weekend in history for North America um, with AMC Theaters and Cinemark, uh, all recording their biggest summer box office weekend ever, uh, which is a, a good thing. And, you know, because movie theaters keep people employed. It's really interesting. And now, I mean, the first two years or so after COVID, movie theaters were really struggling and a lot of theaters were closing and with um, the uh, invention and surge and streaming and like all these digital TV networks like Peacock and Hulu, everybody was kind of making movies and just releasing them straight to the streaming platforms. And a lot of the, the you know theater owners and big corporations were pretty open with the fact that they were struggling. You know, what's nice is now as um, COVID's dropped and that we still don't have to vaccinate and be careful. But, you know, since a lot of the surges have gone down and everything and more people are vaccinated, um, people are going back to the movie theaters. Right. So it's it's nice to also see from that point of view, all these films, um, you know, doing so well. Feeling like in some way some things are getting back normal. Like it takes time, but you know, I I always say like a lot. Some people are more like, well, I'd rather watch be in and watch my cable and not go out. But I like going out out to the movies. You know, being out with other people. Um, I like some of those old time movie theaters. That there's still a few around, you know, with the nice chandeliers and whatnot, and I, it just um, it adds to the experience, you know. And there's nothing like seeing the movie on the huge screen and all the surround sound and everything. So, you know, it's great to see that a lot of these big blockbusters are also bringing people back together in the theater. So, number six was The Little Mermaid, um, which grossed $298 million. Uh, Of course, um, that uh, version was also very important and groundbreaking because it was the first uh, Disney uh, mainstream um, movie to star a black actress. So, that was exciting. Um, uh, Chloe Bailey as the Little Mermaid, and she did a great job. And you know that was a whole moment too. You remember, like all the little girls were all dressing up as the Little Mermaid, and, and just had had their pride out there. You know, it was great. And and to see moms with their daughters going to the theater, and there were all, all these waves of TikTok videos of all the little girls and their moms and aunts getting in their Little Mermaid made costumes to go see the movie you know and, and that was a really really nice nice to see um and then avatar another fantasy movie i, I was never really a fan of the whole avatar franchise it just it couldn't get me i mean you know all the blue people and i don't know it's just 
I guess if, if you're into it, you're into it. And if you're not, you're not. But, you know, the blue people generated $283 million. Uh, uh, directed by James Cameron, who, of course, is no stranger to the blockbuster film. He, of course, um, directed Terminator, Titanic. You know, just a few small, small films like that, right? You know, um, he, of course, is known for his epic films and usually going over budget but you know he he always delivers at the box office um so then of course we had ant-man again another thing i was like miss me with that that really was was not my thing uh with paul Rudd, and then he was voted sexiest man alive i don't understand that at all i mean i i i think paul Rudd's a cool guy you know i've been following him since he was in clueless years ago and he's a funny actor and all but sexy isn't an uh, an adjective i'd use to describe him but you know whatever floats your boat different strokes for different folks um then of course number nine on wick chapter four um that generated 187 million and then the sound of freedom which generated 184 million so uh, this was like the biggest surprise low budget drama opened up of course over the summer and went head to head with Disney's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny um, on a fewer than 2,000 screens when it first opened up. Um, but then it would go on um, to earn over $187 million. Um, so, you know, it was like the little engine that could, right? And it's always a cool when you see films that started out more like independent and small budget films become huge hits and sometimes even um, wind up getting Oscars. And, you know, I think Goodwill Hunting was was really the, the biggest example of that because when it came out, of course, Affleck and Matt Damon, they had a very small budget. They, they you know, were able to secure Robin Williams in the main role there as the therapist and they entered it in some smaller film festivals and then Miramax saw it and just scooped it up and believed in it and got behind it and gave a broader distribution and then put it in contention for Oscar. Of course, um, it was nominated for several Oscars and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wound up winning uh, Oscars for and Golden Globes for uh, Best Original Screenplay. And of course, that was the film that launched both uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck into the, you know, superstars that they are today. So, you know, don't get, if you're in the art and the film and everything, don't get discouraged because sometimes just because you're independent, you might not have the backing of, of a big studio or franchise. That doesn't mean that you can't make it through to that other side because there, there are a lot of big celebrities, so to speak, uh, they started out, they didn't have that, that backing, they worked hard, you know, they put the grit in, 
They were able to yeah, manifest different situations and connections where they, they got things on a bigger scale. So it's, it's always cool when you see, see the little guy, you know, get big, big results, right? Um, so now, of course, these films also influenced a lot, a lot of the fashion trends. I mean, Barbie, we're still seeing the Barbie pink <laughs> in stores and in, and you know, uh, in trend for spring. So we're going to jump into another musical break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the fashion trends of 23, what's carrying over into 24, um, and, you know, all the things we were, we were talking about this year. So we'll be right back after this. Music starts. Action. Mixy, hit me. Said I'm so cool. Girl, I don't take myself no too seriously. But unlike an Uber driver, I rate myself so. Believe in me, I will make you feel excitement like no one else can. Just you and me.
chat with Laura and friends. So uh, we're we're just talking about some of the big uh, movie box office uh, uh, leaders for 2023. Now, of course, fashion always uh, influences film and film influences fashion. So we ha had a lot of symbiotic uh trend influence going on so of course um some of the movies that were really influencing fashion barbie definitely like you saw barbie pink all over the place and they're still showing it uh, going into spring and spring we're showing uh it's uh, so funny because we haven't even finished winter yet you know but but definitely uh the pastels pastel greens purples uh, are showing for spring. I mean, I love greens and purples, so I'm not I'm not mad at that, but you're still really seeing a lot of that bright Barbie pink everywhere um, in fashion. Uh, and then, of course, the Renaissance tour uh, really influenced fashion trends in uh, such a big way this year. I think we're still going to be seeing that rolling over into 2024. Like uh, everything was metallic silver, metallic silver, uh, sequence, sequence, rhinestones. Uh, the uh, both Taylor Swift and Beyonce really brought back the thigh high boot this year, uh, and the and the cowboy hats because you know they both were uh, uh, rocking the embellished sequin cowboy hats. That definitely was a, was a trend. And I feel Beyonce too was bringing back the low rider jeans a little bit, you know, because she was sporting some of the, some of those jean styles that were just uh, you know hitting the hip. And the bodysuits, definitely the embellished sequin blinged out bodysuits definitely came back this year as Beyonce and Taylor Swift both rocking uh, the bodysuits in uh, their tour costumes. And so, you know, you're still seeing, seeing a lot of that. Now, of course, red was a huge... Uh, color trend in 2023. I personally think red is just a great year-round color, not just Valentine's Day and Christmas and ending, <coughs> because red looks great on everybody. And we were definitely seeing that um, trend um, expanding into makeup, like the bold red lip, red nail, uh, was definitely something you were seeing all over. And sheer clothing, you know, the crochet, the, the netted, um, see-through dresses. That was that was something that really was trending all over the place. That kind of comes every few years. I'm not really a, a big fan of that trend, but you know, it can serve its purpose. Uh, Reimagined and repurposed denim. That was a huge trend for 2023 um, as we focused more on recycled fashion. Um, the uh, denim trend, you know, seeing dresses made out of denim, cutting up denim and making it into a blazer, you know, all, all repurposing, as they say, 
that was definitely a trend uh, for sure in 2023. And, you know, if done right, that can look very trendy and chic. I think it's just about balance and your accessories. Uh, and shine for in the daytime. That was definitely a trend. Of course, I love this one because I'm all about metallic and sequins and sparkle. But we saw a lot of um, fashion trends where we were showing sparkly tops or scarves or wraps for daytime, not just for cocktail attire. So like uh, pairing a sparkly skirt with a white tank top and some sandals, you know, doing doing a mixture of elevated and deconstructed and casual was definitely a trend for 2023. The maxi skirts were back in full force. The denim skirt also that really had a comeback in 2023. Short skirts, long skirts. I like the maxi skirts because you can wear them for more than one season. You know, you can take a maxi skirt with a, a lightweight top for summertime, but then you can layer it with a turtleneck or a blazer or a chunky sweater and some boots and take it through the fall and winter. So I always like pieces that you can get more than one season out of and have that versatility. So cobalt blue was one of the big colors uh, for 2023 going into the spring. We're going to be seeing more softer shades of blue um, and pastels, but a deep, rich, vibrant blue is uh, really, I feel, timeless. So these things coming in out of trend, um, I think that there's certain trends that are good to invest in because they're going to come back and you'll just be able to reuse them and reuse them. And also when you're talking about bold colors. There are certain bold colors that just look great on everyone. And a vibrant dark blue is definitely a, one of them. It's, it looks great on every every skin tone. Uh, so then we were also seeing a resurgence in uh, two-piece knit sets and the slouchy pant. I'm, I'm not really like a fan of the real a slouchy pant. Um, if you're curvier, it tends to make you look bigger. And I feel if you're petite, very small, you can just get lost in in all that fabric. You know, proportion is definitely uh, that's a uh, really important when you're dressing and finding the best silhouette for you. Now we're talking about um, accessories. Back hair bows was definitely. A, a, a big trend for 2023 you were seeing a lot of uh, too a lot of clothing that was just accented with big bows uh, this year as well uh, it was really all about the bow accent uh, you know uh emphasis and then we were seeing a lot of um asymmetrical uh tops and you know peekaboo shoulders off the shoulders, uh, drop shoulder, uh, the funnel neck, you know, the really high, high um, turtleneck. That was, that was a big trend. 
Again, I'm not so much a fan. I like a, a turtleneck, but I like it to be more fitted, um, or at least tailored to the body. And those super high necks, I don't know. I just feel like you're getting lost and choking in the, in the neck. Um, but, I mean, some people I see wear it well. But overall, I'm just not a fan of that huge, huge high neck. I, I feel you get lost in there, you know, you can just only barely see your head. <laughs> you know? And especially if you're petite, that can really, you know, just cut your proportion and you can get lost in there. Uh, so, uh, you know, we were seeing a sheer, we were seeing sequins, a lot of Romantic, loose, flowy styles. Uh, so leather also was uh, making a, a big comeback. Um, lavender was a big color this past year and is also continuing into spring. Uh, so uh, we we're also seeing um, uh, just a lot of statement handbags. That was that more novelty handbags, you know, whimsical accessories, which that can always be fun. Um, so I think some of these trends are going to be able to carry over into 2024. <laughs> <coughs> so I think, you know, when we're purchasing new stuff, and more of the trendier things. Just don't go too far into the novelty side of things. And find in the middle. Um, have those couple of whimsical pieces um, that you can ground with uh, your solid staple things. Because then you'll be able to reuse them and reuse them and reinvent uh, year to year. Uh, so we're going to jump into another musical break in stylish fashion. And when we come back, we're going to have some inspirational uh, content for you. So keep it locked in and we'll be back with more after this.
love, love, love like this. That still made me think about my middle school kids. I sit here in this chair and I wish for you not to leave me now. My friends, they always told me not to make you my wife. Man, they was putting you down. And now they see we rolling. Me and you, we scrolling. They don't want to come around. Let me hear you say.
Lifestyle and Empowerment Chat with Laura and friends. So this next segment, I want to fill your spirit with some inspiration and motivation. You know, we all have really hard hard uh, periods in our lives. Us could be going through it right now. You know, things just uh, don't seem like they're coming together. You have these goals, these dreams. Maybe you're not getting approved for that loan or you didn't get that promotion you're trying to get this project off the ground you know trying to make things work and you just get you know aren't getting those breaks and think you know do things are ever gonna work out for me <clears throat> what's happening this sucks you know uh, so forth and so on but a, a lot of successful people have had really hard times and come out on the other side to be people that other people <coughs> look up to and, uh, and aspire to be. So, you know, don't get discouraged. Sometimes those hard times are just teaching you the wisdom to get you through on to the other side of your greatness. So uh, we're going to take some time now and spotlight with some of the most famous uh people uh, who have at one time or another been homeless, had had different financial hardships, but came out on the other side to be very successful. So uh, diving into our homeless uh, to riches list, uh, we have lots of people on this list that you, I'm sure, have heard of, including personal finance guru Susie Orman. She lived out of her van for a few months in 1973. So the well-known Emmy-winning financial advisor who has published numerous New York Times bestsellers uh, could not afford to move out of her van when she first moved to Berkeley, California in the 70s. Uh, for two months, Orman and a friend took a job clearing trees for $3.50 an hour and lived out of Orman's van. Now, today, she is a multimillionaire. Uh, then, of uh, course, Oscar winner Halle Berry, <laughs> once stayed in a homeless shelter in her early 20s when she first moved to New York to become an actress at age 21. She ran out of money, and her mother decided the best thing, her mom was giving her tough love, and thought the best thing uh, was uh, not to send her any money. So during this period, the actress said she stayed in a homeless shelter, and she said, it taught me how to take care of myself, and that I could live through any situation, even if it meant going to a shelter for a small stint or living within my means, which were meager. I became a person who knows that I will always make my own way. Uh, of course, director James Cameron, we were just talking about huge success of this past year with Avatar and the Terminator. Well, uh, James Cameron actually lived out of his car before selling the rights to what would become the iconic movie, The Terminator, for $1 million. So when James Cameron was writing The Terminator, he was barely making ends meet. 
He was living in his car for a period of time. And his main concern at that time wasn't money. He was determined to direct his screenplay despite his limited experience. When he first pitched the Terminator at meetings with studios, the production company said they liked the script. They didn't like the idea of him being in charge. So Cameron persevered and partnered with producer Gail Ann Hurd, who bought the rights to the screenplay for $1 million and named James Cameron as their director. So by standing firm to his belief in himself and his uh, project, you know, James Cameron then in one foul swoop launched his career as a director and a co-producer. Now, the Terminator film will go on to make $78 million worldwide. And, of course, James Cameron uh, evolved into one of the most influential film directors within the sci-fi and live-action genre. Jurassic Park star Chris Pratt, uh, he lived in for a period of time out of his van in Maui, Hawaii. Uh, of course, now he's a huge uh, star in such movies and TV as Parks and Recreation and Jurassic World. But at the age of 19, Pratt accepted a one-way ticket to Maui, Hawaii from a friend and set up a humble little abode in a little, little uh, rickety van. And that would be his home. Uh, for a period of time. Then that same year, uh, actress Ray Don Chung at Pratt when he was waiting tables at the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company in Maui uh, and he took and took note of his good looks and cast him in her directorial debut, Cursed Part 3. And then the rest is history as he uh, moved from film to film and uh, segued from getting off his feet to being a blockbuster uh, star. Of course, Shania Twain uh, has shared her story many times over that she was one of 12 children. And when she was a, a teenager, um, their parents passed away in a car accident and she was put with the responsibility of taking care of herself and all her brothers and sisters. Um, at one point, uh, they were homeless, and then she had got a, a gig at a resort uh, to put food on the table. And eventually, you know, she would make her way to Nashville and get signed and become a, you know, a global superstar. Uh, now, James Bond, uh, Daniel Craig, has shared that, yeah, of course, he's been the star of many critically acclaimed movies. Uh, his biggest role, of course, has been James Bond, uh, but he has shared that he spent uh, some nights uh, sleeping uh, on park benches in London uh, as he was uh, getting his uh, himself off the ground as an actor. Uh, of course, um, 
Jewel, uh, who's ha had many hit songs uh, over the years, multi-platinum singer. Uh, she uh, had shared that she ended up homeless for a year and she just kept writing songs and singing at local coffee shops and developed a following. And then she wound up securing a label deal and making an album that sold uh, 12 million copies, her debut album, uh, and, and then the rest. There is history. Uh, then we also have, of course, NFL player Michael Orr. We know his movie, uh, The Blind Side. Uh, and, of course, Jennifer Lopez, uh, when she was in the early years of her career as a dancer, she worked a lot of odd jobs and spent, you know, several months hopping from friend to friend's house, sleeping on sofas and not being able to afford a home of her own. And of course, now she owns many mansions, uh, skincare line, makeup line, of course, is an accomplished actress and, and singer and producer and, you know, a woman of many hats uh, worth like uh, uh, almost like $200 million. Uh, so uh, she really, you know, came on the other side to be able to employ many people and inspire many and of course academy award-winning actress hillary swank also uh <clears throat> shared that she had been uh homeless for periods of time when she was a teenager uh when she was starting to pursue her acting career so before landing some of her famous roles she and her mom lived in a car and stayed in an empty house for a few months. A, a friend of theirs was selling a house, and so she would let Hillary and her mom stay there at night, and then during the daytime they had to leave so the friend could show the house, and then they would just uh, wander the streets or try and get into shelters. Uh, so uh, Drew, famous comedian Drew, Harry um, has shared, of course, you know, he's been a game show host, successful comedian, talk show host, and uh, he grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and his father died when he was just eight years old. Uh, Carrie has shared uh, before that he and his brother ended up homeless in Las Vegas, and he wound up selling plasma for $40 and looked for spare change by box mac and cheese. Uh, but he would uh, later uh, become a very successful actor, comedian, and game show host, and philanthropist. And he's now a multimillionaire, um, TV host, uh, and phenomenal singer, American Idol winner, uh, Kelly Clarkson, you know, she shared at the beginning of her career years ago that when she was traveling to audition for American Idol, she was homeless and living in her car, and she literally was, like, stretching out her last little bit of money um, just to go to audition, and, of course, she'd go on to win American Idol.
and be actually one of the most successful winners of American Idol uh, and be a TV host and, um, you know, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So that be said, uh, whatever struggle that you're going through, remember that dreams don't happen overnight. Um, there's always light after the dark and uh, you know you look at people and you might think they're they gee they got it all together they don't have a care in the world but everybody even people on red carpets and whatnot have all gone through most of us you know <laughs> there's a small very small percentage that hasn't but most of us have gone through stress and turmoil, disappointment, hurt, you know, frustration, a crisis, financial setbacks and, and disappointments, and that feeling of not knowing which way is up and and how are we going to get get there. So everybody has problems that they're, they've been through, that they're going through. So, you know, I hope you could draw some inspiration that there is hope on the other side. Um, and it's getting back to what we were talking in the beginning of the show about who we surround ourselves with and their energy and their authenticity is so important especially when we're trying to deal with our own stuff, maintain serenity and peace internally, deal with whatever hardships come our way and get through it in, in an effective manner. We surround ourselves with is so important just uh, for motivation, for support, keeping us grounded, lifting us up when we need it, and authentically being there in our corner because that's a crucial element of you getting past the sadness. You know, having people in your life who've been through some of the same things and that they're, they're listening with no agenda but just be there for you. That that's that's really important. So, you know, we were talking earlier about kind of uh, taking inventory and sweeping out the the cobwebs if we need to. You know, um, that's really uh, very important, especially when you're talking about getting through problems. If people are making you feel guilty for having problems or talking about your problems or feeling stressed or saying, oh my God, that's overwhelming, this, that. Those aren't the kind of people that you want in your life and that you need in your life. And honestly, those are just takers. I want people around you who are pretending to be there for you. I want people there who actually are there for you. So, you know, pay attention to how people act when you need them because that really tells you what their real character and intention is. Don't feel guilty if you need to, you know, hasta la vista a few people, right? Because <laughs> right? if they're not for you, they shouldn't really be uh, have access to you and that's a hard lesson you know it's a, a hard thing to put in practice sometimes especially when you if you did have good times or were times where they were there for you love that person say you know it's hard to just completely walk away when you know it's transitioned to where they're no longer really 
being there for you. But, you know, sometimes we have to look at how people are treating us and showing up for us now versus before. Because before it was important, but they're not showing up for you in that same way now, especially if you're going through things where you really need that support, then you just got to cut that that loose uh so uh we're going to take another musical break when we come back we're going to talk about the golden globe nominations you know we're right around around the corner oscars and grammys and golden globes and all that good stuff will be here before you know it so uh, keep it locked in and we'll be back with more style and empowerment chat after this
pills, waking up down the street. You know she's coming in when she walks away. Chat with Laura and friends. So this week kicks off award season. <sighs> so January seventh is the Golden Globes. Uh, of course, uh, that's one of the big major award shows, uh, which uh, and. and gives awards to the best in TV and movies. Uh, and so here are some of the front runners uh, for this year's Golden Globes. So for best motion picture drama, we have Oppenheimer, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro. Uh, those are the front runners. Of course, Maestro is Bradley Cooper's newest movie uh, where he plays Leonard Bernstein, the iconic, accomplished classical conductor. And I mean, I feel uh, that whoever did the hair and makeup, I don't know if you've seen the trailers yet, but they age Bradley Cooper. And I mean, it's phenomenal uh, what they did with the wigs and the prosthetic makeup and just how they transformed his entire appearance. Uh, then best motion picture comedy or musical, we have Air, of course, was the biopic of Michael Jordan. And then American Fiction, Barbie, The Holdovers, May, December. I mean, Barbie really, too, is breaking ground because this is the first time that a, a fantasy movie uh, has been, uh, especially a character that's a toy, has been 
um, nominated for multiple Golden Globes. So, Best Director Motion Picture, we have Bradley Cooper. Uh, this is the second time he's been nominated for a Golden Globe. Of course, previously, uh, he was nominated. Uh, oh, what was the movie? The movie A Star is Born with uh, Lady Gaga. Uh, then we have uh, Greta Gerwig uh, for Barbie. Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama, Bradley Cooper uh, for Maestro, Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon, of course, Leonardo and Scorsese have teamed up for many, many iconic movies like Gangs of New York and The Wolf of Wall Street that have been nominated for Oscars and Academy Awards. Uh, and then we have Cillian uh, Murphy uh, for Oppenheimer, a best performance by an actor in a comedy, Nicolas Cage for Dream Scenario. It's been quite a minute since he's been in a film. Matt Damon for Air. Paul Giamatti uh, for The Holdovers. Of course, Paul Giamatti has been in a, a ton of films, um, and he won an Oscar many years ago for his role in the movie Sideways. Uh, then we have a multiple Oscar and Golden Globe nominee over the years, Joaquin Phoenix. So he's nominated for his role in Bo is Afraid. Um, and then, of course, for best performance by an actress in motion picture, this is really exciting and an inspirational. And we talk about um, actresses who uh, people who've <coughs> had a lot of hard times and struggles in their early careers. And we were talking about Kelly Clarkson as one of the most successful American Idol uh, winners. Definitely in that boat has to be Fantasia. So Fantasia is nominated uh, for Golden Globe for her performance in the new musical adaptation of The Color Purple, which is produced by Whoopi Gold... I'm mean, sorry, produced by Oprah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, who uh, previously won an Academy Award and has been nominated for many films. She's uh, nominated this year for her role in No Hard Feelings. Natalie Lee Portman uh, is nominated for her role in May, December. Of course, uh, years ago, Natalie won um, a Golden Globe and an Oscar for her role as the ballerina in uh, the movie Black Swan. Uh, Margot Robbie is nominated for her role in Barbie. And then Emma Stone is nominated for her role in Poor Things. That's going to be interesting see which way it goes because sometimes these major award shows will have the pattern if there's a lot of really talented <coughs> actors and actresses in in a category together and then <coughs> one that's the underdog and <coughs> maybe isn't as seasoned 
quite as accomplished. Give it to that person because they can't make up their mind uh, between the heavy hitters. Uh, so, <clears throat> best performance by an actor in a supporting role in a motion picture. Uh, William Defoe for Poor Things, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, for Oppenheimer. Um, of course, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, is such a talented actor and has had equal success in his dramatic roles as he has in the superhero genre with Iron Man. Uh, Ryan Gosling's also nominated for Barbie under the Best Actor category. Um, and best performance by an actress in a supporting role in motion picture, Emily Blunt, also from Oppenheimer, Daniel Brooks, uh, for her, uh, role in The Color Purple, then we have Jodie Foster, of course, the Lifetime Achievement Oscar winner, um, she hasn't done a film in a while, so it's really nice to see her back so she's nominated for her role in the film Nayad and then we have uh, Julianne Moore uh, for May December she's been nominated for several Oscars and Academy Awards of course uh, Jodie Foster's the heavy hitter in this category so it's gonna be that's gonna I really feel it's between Emily Blunt Daniel Brooks Jodie Foster and Julianne Moore uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see uh which one uh they pick uh so best original song for a motion picture we have addicted to romance uh dance the night of course uh camilla cabello uh i'm just ken peaches from super mario brothers uh, road to freedom uh which was uh composed and uh, performed by Lenny Kravitz and What Was I Made For, uh, which was in Barbie. So the Barbie movie actually has three songs nominated in the Best Original Song. I'd love to see Lenny Kravitz take home uh, that award. Of course, he has a new CD coming out in March. Uh, so uh, then it, there's a new category this time around. Uh, cinematic and box office achievement in motion pictures. So they're actually giving a Golden Globe for uh, the films that broke ground and uh, had the biggest results at the box office. So that's Barbie, Gardens of the Galaxy, John Wick, Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Spider-Man, uh, and Taylor Swift's Errors Tour. And the Super Mario Brothers movie as well. So, you know, we've uh, talked about this in other shows, though both were very influential and successful. From a monetary point of view, Taylor Swift's Paris tour um, outsold Renaissance tour. So uh, that, that tour just in so many ways just keeps breaking ground and breaking ground. So... It's uh, going to be interesting to see if that the Ares tour wins. Uh, so you can uh, tune in to see all the all the uh, speeches and the glam and the fashion and uh, who wins on uh, Saturday and 
January 7th. So um, we'll, we'll have a, a recap of all the fashion and red carpet looks and see who's who's bringing it the best uh, uh, to the red carpet uh, next week's show. Uh, so we're going to jump into another musical break and we'll be right back after this. Sometimes 
And although I can't promise you much You'll be fine You'll be fine Got nowhere to go 
Can we find love again? Is this time the end? Tell me how many more tears will try till you hit me with Can we talk and try love again? Can we find love again? Is this time the end? Tell me how many more tears will try till you hit me with Can we talk and try? I crashed my car into a wall I tried to text I should've called Seen blue and red It won't be long uh, We went to war It didn't end I bit my tongue You hit my chin Worst enemy is my best friend Screaming in my face Kicked me out your place I got nowhere to go Can we find love again? Is this time the end? Tell me how many more tears will try Till you hit me with Can we talk and try love again? Can we find love again? Is this time the end? Tell me how many more tears will try Till you hit me with Can we talk and try Back to style and empowerment, Jet Bar and friends. As we kick off this new year together, oh, <clears throat> I hope that uh, you are on a course of health and fulfillment, and just uh, moving towards things that make you truly happy and loving yourself. To accept only the best, not apologizing for your boundaries and expectations uh, of others and how you expect to be treated is also a part of self-love and is what goes into also a key component of you achieving anything that you want to in life, but also just having a happy and peaceful life is not allowing people to mistreat you or make you feel bad about standing firm in what you need to feel good and feel respected and feel valued, which then enables you to turn that around and lighten up somebody else's day. Because when we're feeling unheard and sad, we can't be the light to someone else. So we have to be the light to ourselves and be conscious of who we let in our, our energy field and that we're putting good things out there and being good to ourselves. So we're going to close out today's show. You can uh, follow me on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at the Laura Masaryk on uh, the Style and Empowerment Chat with Laura and Friends Facebook page. I'm excited uh, to share new things together in the new year and I wish everybody a great new year. It's the first, first page in a new year new opportunities new things to learn and grow and experience so until next week have a fantastic and uplifting day we'll be back with more and uh, have a great day on purpose I'll be on the hotline like our day making sure that DJ know what I want him to play you know I got my
North Carolina. I want to play on a championship team. Then I want to play in the NBA. I'm playing the NBA. When you finish with that, I suppose you're gonna fly, huh?
Sigo, sigo. 